So 7.34, we continue on with both U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Singapore ahead of tomorrow's unprecedented summit. It seems this really is happening. At this point, based on the comments of a Chongwe Day official, though, South Korean President Moon Jae-in is not likely to be joining them, which would mean a trilateral meeting formally ending the Korean War might have to wait for now. Although... We have to, I think, as observers, be open to another twist on that front. But what can we expect from the summit based on what we currently know? Let's first bring in, as we said, celebrating the 28th anniversary here at TBS, but also marking the momentous nature of this week's summit. Let's welcome on the line Ambassador Thomas Hubbard, chairman of a New York-based non-profit career society, also served as U.S. Ambassador to South Korea from 2001 to 2004. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. And it's, it's finally here, this moment. Just a couple of weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say a couple a of weeks ago, would, would we have guessed that? Because it looked so uncertain at one point. Um, are you well, excited? I, you know, go ahead. Yes, I am excited. I, I think this is a uh, uh, an important meeting. Uh, it's important uh, because of the issues we face which are North Korea's nuclear weapons and missile programs, uh, the question of peace on the uh, Korean peninsula and the future of the Korean peninsula. And it's important because this is the first time uh, that a sitting U.S. president has met with the uh, leader of North Korea. If you were... U.S. Ambassador, right now, though, would you still feel slightly nervous that uh, even with both of them in that city-state, something could go wrong and prevent tomorrow's meeting from happening? Well, I think the meeting will happen, or at least I hope the meeting will happen. But we're dealing here with uh, two unpredictable uh, leaders. Uh, President Trump is a a new kind of U.S. president. Uh, He is... uh, willing to take risks and has has put a lot of uh, on the table in, in going forward uh, with this meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un. And, and we've seen in last few months uh, on the Korean Peninsula that uh, Kim Jong-un is a, a different kind of North Korean leader. This is still a very uh, closed, uh, repressive state. But uh, Kim Jong-un has also shown a willingness to take some risks and to reach out to the world. So let's hope we have a, uh, you know, a sort of the coming together of, of, uh, of, of two unusual leaders who can help uh, make some progress where we have not made progress before. And we remember President Trump complaining of that uh, inherited mess that he claimed he picked up from his predecessors at his first solo press conference in February of last year. That mess included North Korean nuclear provocations. There's been a lot said about President Trump, especially at home. But if we were to view the administration solely in terms of its North Korea policy, what would your assessment be at this point? Well, I think this is a good thing. It is good where, you know, whereas a few months ago we were talking about war on the Korean Peninsula, now we're talking about talks and, and about to have this summit meeting between uh, the uh, the U.S. president and the North Korean leader, something that was hard to imagine a few months ago. So we've made progress. The fact that we're talking 
is is uh, is progress. And and now the question is, you know, what can we do with those talks? And while we're assessing various angles here. What about the South Korean administration's North Korea policy? President Moon Jae-in a few months ago probably looked excessively patient when uh, when North Korea was still carrying out long-range missile tests and nuclear tests and and flying missiles over Japan. Um, But he still was holding out hope for something like this. And now it looks like it's paid off in hindsight. Well, I think uh, President Moon deserves a, a lot of credit for the uh, the progress that has been made over the last few months. I think he uh, uh, recognized early on that, that the North Korean leaders seemed to be trying to reach out in some way. Uh, he recognized that uh, that he, as, as the leader of South Korea, uh, should not only be part of the action, but should be leading the way. And I think he's very skillfully dealt both with North Korea and with the United States in, in helping to bring this important meeting uh, to uh, reality. If we could see a turnaround of the current situation and, and, and suddenly President Moon is there in Singapore this week, would that make things even more special? How significant would it be, for example, if we were to see a trilateral end to the uh, Korean War? Well, I think that would be a very significant development, and as I say, I, I have no uh, no inside knowledge into whether there is a real possibility of a trilateral meeting at this stage. But uh, President Moon did, in his uh, his agreement with um, with uh, <coughs> Kim Jong Un a few months ago, they did talk about having some kind of trilateral meeting. I don't, I didn't hear that as implying uh, that we would be having a, a trilateral summit meeting. I think we should look forward to some trilateral meetings on the question of peace on the Korean Peninsula. Well, makes sense. But um, if it were to happen this week, what about the absence of China? Is that not a problem? Uh, Is China not also a, a very significant figure at the table in discussing the formal end to the Korean War? Well, that's right. I mean, I think the three formal parties to the current armistice are uh, are the uh, are North Korea, uh, China, and and the United States representing the UN forces in Korea. So it's hard to imagine sort of abandoning the the armistice and moving to a permanent peace without China playing some kind of role. And I have I have every expectation that that will happen. So perhaps it, it, it might be some sort of preliminary agreement that uh, leads to a further meeting with China, if we were to see something surprising this week with Moon Jae-in. Well, that's you... what, what I would expect. Mm. That's right. I mean, I think, you know, I do anticipate that any declaration that the two leaders make in Singapore uh, will uh, refer to a, a commitment uh, to uh, build a permanent peace on the Korean Peninsula and reach a a permanent peace regime, but I I also think, as a longtime observer, that uh, that China will will expect to have a role and should. And likewise, I guess based on your tone and and and, I, and common sense at this point, that we can move in that sort of direction with denuclearization as well. Perhaps um, solidifying a little bit the 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 now famous Panmunjom Declaration of uh, April, uh, when we saw President Moon Jae-in come together with. Uh, 
Kim Jong-un at the border. They had obviously a, a surprise second summit as well. But that first summit led to that declaration where they vowed to denuclearize. But but still, the concrete steps need to be laid out, don't they? Well, I think what has happened is, is that uh, I think most of us have assumed through the years that, you know, that we would first achieve denuclearization and then move to a permanent peace. And, and now seem to be moving on both issues simultaneously. Uh, for me, it's hard to imagine peace on the uh, permanent peace on the Korean Peninsula so long as uh, North Korea has, has uh, nuclear weapons programs. Uh, but uh, perhaps we're moving into a stage where we'll talk about the, uh, you know, the two issues uh, in, in parallel tracks. Yeah, so well, we wait and see what will happen um, with the so-called Panmunjom Declaration. But uh, again, if we were to assess the U.S. position on this and someone like you, who's a former U.S. ambassador to South Korea, Song Kim, has played a very important role behind the scenes, it looks like. He, he was uh, brought back from his current position in the Philippines to kind of relive something he'd done previously under President Bush when he was a, a nuclear negotiator, George W. Bush. And he's met now several times with Che Sun-hee of North Korea. And apparently even today they're going to be negotiating the denuclearization timetable, maybe even still trying to thrash out what they both mean by denuclearization. I, I, I'm not I don't, perhaps you can share any insights you have, but even if you don't have particular insights into those negotiations, I'm very curious what you think would be going on in that room. Well, let me first say that I have huge confidence in in Sung Kim, who uh, worked with me when I was ambassador. He was in my embassy when I was ambassador to, uh, to uh, Korea. He was by my side during the day back in the, the 1990s when I was negotiating with him. Usually, competent, and uh, I was also formerly ambassador to the Philippines. We have that uh, that common as well. I have great confidence in. I I I also know uh, Madam Che, the the North Korean uh, negotiator, who's uh, very competent and and uh, very experienced. So I I'm sure they're going to make every effort uh, to come up with something that will lead us over time in the right direction. Well, what about this definition of denuclearization? Just to briefly reflect a little bit further on that. Uh, we've had a lot of acronyms in the last few weeks, and um, one of the most famous ones spells out complete, verifiable, and irreversible denuclearization. That's upset North Korea, which is apparently seeking security guarantees, but also, no doubt, um, uh, sanctions relief, even if Pyongyang won't admit that publicly, C- can they narrow that? Yeah, the position I, I think is is stresses the the point that uh, we believe the goal, the objective of our negotiations should be the verifiable and complete dismantlement of of, of North Korea's nuclear weapons capability, which is is uh, in violation of uh, a long string of, of UN resolutions, uh, is uh, is totally abhorrent to the uh, international nonproliferation system. So that is the objective. Uh, the North Koreans seem to define 
uh, denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula to involve various other things, including perhaps the uh, the presence of U.S. forces on the Korean Peninsula, uh, the uh, the nuclear nuclear umbrella that the U.S. extends as uh, as defense of South Korea and Japan, both of whom have forsworn the development of nuclear weapons. So first objective is to get rid of these weapons in North Korea that violate all national standards and 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 resolutions and to uh, move beyond that to uh, uh, to peace on the peninsula. And and the prospect of of actually lifting sanctions, which is as I said, something Pyongyang is not publicly celebrating at this point, but it, it must be a it must be a massive boost for the country. The the, the potential for that. Well, I, you know the the U.S. position is uh, the Trump administration's position is that we will not lift sanctions until North Korea denuclearizes. Uh, I think Secretary of State Pompeo has modified that a bit to say that uh, you know we will not lift sanctions until we concrete verifiable steps in the direction of, of, of denuclearization as as we define it. And so, you know, certainly as we go forward in these talks, uh, there will, will will have to be some trade-offs between uh, between what we want, uh, dismantlement of North Korea's nuclear program, and and what they want is is the uh, is the lifting of sanctions and entry into the uh, the, the global uh, community. But President Trump's said very clearly in the last few days, if things go well, he can even see Kim Jong-un coming over to the White House. Can you actually see that? Well, I think so, if things go well. Uh, there are a lot of other issues that uh, that Americans feel very strongly about, including uh, human rights and the whole repressive nature of, of the regime. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think most Americans support the idea that... Uh, uh, that uh, if we make progress in in these negotiations, we can see uh, a road towards resolution of our our primary issues. That it it would be uh, appropriate to continue the uh, discussions in in Washington or or elsewhere in the United States. How much pressure is this likely to put on the U.S. administration? Just as an aside here, we've got Mike Pompeo who who was dressed up as being rather hawkish before he really flung himself into the role as, as Secretary of State. But but actually, he seems to have been taking on quite a moderate uh, peacemaking role so far, uh, especially on North Korea. But still, um, there in the background is, th- is the man with the moustache, uh, as he'll be instantly recognisable across the world, National Security Advisor John Bolton. And, and he's in Singapore, despite the concern that North Korea is still not happy about him for pushing the Libya solution for North Korea. Well, I don't think that, you know, we're going to let the North Koreans determine who's part of our delegation any more than they, you know, then uh, we will try to tell them who to include there in their negotiation. After all, we have uh, Kim Jong-chil, who has a very uh, hardline uh, reputation of his own uh, based on uh, you know, the sinking of the Chonan and other uh, other hardline uh, measures that he has supported in North Korea. So, you know, it's natural that the president's national security advisor is 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 going to be in place there in in Singapore, and he will have a, a say. And he does seem to be uh, on the uh, certainly on the hard line.
side of of the the policy, but he himself has said he's out there to uh, to represent the president's policy, as is uh, as is uh, Mike Pompeo. So, do you hear the whisper of John Bolton's advice in words from President Trump in the last couple of days, like this is a one-time shot at peace for Kim Jong Un? You know, I don't. Uh, I, you know, I don't believe I have heard that particular phrase in the last couple of days, but a lot of things have been said. What I've heard President Trump say in, in various occasions, uh, particularly uh, after Kim Jong-cho was in Washington, is we see this as a, a start of a, a process uh, that we don't anticipate solving all of our problems in one shot. Uh, that we uh, we do uh, envisage there will be a number of other talks, uh, including perhaps in the United States uh, after this this meeting. Uh, President Trump, I think, is is very confident of his own uh, negotiating ability and his own ability to size up his his counterpart. And uh, he, I think, I heard him say overnight that uh, that uh, you know he'll he'll know within the first minute whether he can work with uh, Kim Jong Un or not. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, he he has said a lot of things, uh, including the fact he's been prepared his whole life for this, but uh, at the same time doesn't need any preparation. He said it's more about attitude. Um, love to be in the room with them. Uh, but, but just to quickly clarify what I meant by the one-time shot thing, this uh, yeah. I mean, many media outlets have covered this in the last couple of days, but uh, this I'm reading from CNN, President Donald Trump sounding an optimistic note Saturday morning, um, but calling the meeting a one-time shot, in inverted quotes. I feel that Kim Jong-un wants to do something great for his people, and he has that opportunity, and he won't have that opportunity again, speaking from the G7 summit in Canada. Um, but again... I kind of relate that, to be I, to be honest, I, I relate that statement to his his supreme confidence in his ability to size up his his adversary right. or his counterpart so i i think he uh, uh he's saying look we're we're giving kim jong un a, a chance now and uh let's see if he's uh, prepared to take it i think that's uh, a bit of negotiating bravado uh i take more i i frankly attach more importance to his earlier statements that that uh, this as a uh, the start of a process, and I, I do think it's important that this first meeting result in something that that uh, that Trump can say, "Hey, this is a this is a victory, and we can move on." Thank you so much, Ambassador Thomas Hubbard, Chairman of the Korea Society, which could take on a whole new meaning um, in the next few months. Uh, certainly, a new purpose if if we're able to continue to see more cooperation with the northern side of the peninsula and U.S. Ambassador to South Korea from 2001 to 2004. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the line with us. Thank you very much. Good to be with you.